Discipleship uh, Program Podcast. I'm glad you chose to be here with us. Woo! Since we're getting close to the end of the year, we all got in that, you know, spirit of reflection and thinking about the last year. So I'm not. <laughs> you guys don't? I mean. I think about candy canes and ice cream and sugar plums. Wow. And the movie Elf. That was a great movie, actually. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I got really reflective and thinking about the past year and doing my resolutions for the next year. But today I wanted to, uh, I wish you got to know each other a little bit more. And I was thinking if you want to share with us something that you are thankful for the last year. So we're going to start with our room and maybe we can give you some ideas. Julie, can you think of something that you are thankful for the last year? I'm going to say I am thankful for good health. Oh, that's cool. That was Jeff's. <laughs> I, I have to second that. <laughs> Sorry, but you I'm, can't anymore. Oh, this is a couple. <laughs> Just thankful for the Seahawks. I'm thankful for the family. Um, hi, this is Edgar. I'm thankful for uh, the opportunities um, that God gives us to grow. They come in many different ways. Um, but looking back through this year, I see a lot of those. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for them, even though some of them are pretty challenging. Mm-hmm. This is James Ramirez. Definitely just grateful for the fact that God's a miracle worker today. And not just in the past, but today. Amen. Amen. I'm really thankful for new beginnings, and I think God is really good at that and giving us new opportunities of things that we didn't think about and that we didn't think could happen. And he just brings it up, and I think that's that's beautiful. What about you? If you have anything that you are thankful for, uh, please share with us. Comment below and let us know how your year was. Now we're going to get right in our discussion. We are in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11 and verse 17. So tune in with us. Let's do it. Now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you. Since you come together, not for the better, but for the worst. Uh, Verse 18. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. Mm. And in part, I believe it. For there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. Verse 20. When you come... Together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others, and one is hungry and another is drunk. What do you have? What do you not have houses to eat and drink in, or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do these as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. What do you think is going on here, Mr. James? Mm. That's a great question. 
So he's like just talking about the divisions, basically. Just overall, the first um, 17 through mm-hmm. 22. And, I mean, I guess I don't get every detail of what he's dealing with, but there's division, there's conflict, there's people not getting along, there's people in the church and shaming each other and stuff going Mm -hmm. on there. And then, after that, he wants to create some sort of, like, unity. Mm -hmm. He points to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, And the communion in which he... tells us or commissions us to do which is pretty cool and kind of weird at the same time but kind of cool mm. and it kind of goes into a little bit of what the problem was in verse 21 um, for an eating each one goes ahead with his own meal one goes hungry another gets drunk don't you have houses to eat and drink in or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing mm. so I I don't know exactly what was going on there, but it, it sounds like there was a disparity between those who had and those who didn't have. Mm. And In the church, yeah. It's, it's interesting to me, though, that even though, he's, even though he speaks to that disparity, he's like, don't, don't desecrate the church of God by bringing your own problems into the church, getting drunk and... And um, what's the word for eating, indulging in appetite? Do you know, what's a, there's a word for that, but I can't think of it at the moment. Glut. Gluttony, yeah, for, thank you, gluttony. Um, you know, he, he's, he's, he's not really condoning it, but he's like saying if you're going to do it, do it at home so that you don't desecrate the church of God. But then what's interesting to me is that verse 19 says, For there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. So like... It, it sounds like, again, he's not saying that's what he wants. He doesn't want divisions. He doesn't want contentions. He doesn't want all this stuff. But these are, the, these are what bring out to light the true, what does he say? The genuine among you may be recognized. Mm-hmm. So it's in, it's in how we deal with this conflict, with this disparity, with treating people equally, with with the Lord's Supper, with making sure that you have enough wine to drink and you have enough wine and you are, you're, you're fed and you're, you're content and there's no gluttony going on and there's none of this stuff. And it's how you deal with that is to, is to how, as to, sorry, um, that's what determines your genuineness. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it just really sounds like, um, the churches, so the way they were conducting themselves before is the people in the church viewed this um, partaking of bread and wine or bread and juice. I could be wrong here, but they they viewed it as more of a party. And they were looking to, you know, get drunk or get fat. Um, I don't know how they were separating themselves within the church, where the poor sat or where the rich sat or how that worked. But um, it's kind of like, um, they view it as a party here and they'll take as much as they want and they'll eat as much as they want and they'll maybe give the crumbs to the poor. Whereas then he, uh, Paul hits you in 23 to 26 and says, don't you remember like why we even celebrate this thing in the first place? Right. And then he ends it with, don't forget that every time you take of this bread and take of this cup, 
that you're proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. It's just kind of like, get your eyes off yourself. Get your eyes off of um, your self-sufficiency, your need to satisfy yourself. Get your eyes off of being gluttonous and kind of pan out and come back and look at the big picture here. Mm-hmm. Remember what we're doing this for. Mm-hmm. Remember why we're coming together. Um, who's the center? Who's the focus of what we're doing here? This is the Lord's Supper, mm-hmm. but you're tainting it. That's why it's not the Lord's Supper anymore. Mm-hmm. At least not for you who are gluttonous and getting yourselves drunk mm-hmm. and withholding from others. Because Christ wasn't here to withhold from anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's changing the whole mindset. And it's reminding them the, the sovereignty of the whole situation. Yeah, right. Like, what do you do? What do you do in remembrance for somebody? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't, you generally don't, it's not a raucous party. And, yeah, you know, do it the way, you would do it the way they'd like it. Yeah, you're honoring them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just to be like, all right, I want you to serve one another. Yeah. Like, you would expect the, mm-hmm. maybe the mm-hmm. rich would serve the poor, and that would be like the Lord's Supper. Right. Well, I I saw a post on Facebook. Um, what do we have? We had Veterans Day, or we had Memorial Day recently. Veterans Day. Veterans Day. And um, my friend was taking his kids to a cemetery to honor, like, to just to show respect. And there was, um, there someone had put flags up and flowers yeah. up, and someone had come in and trampled on all of that. And, you know, for us, that's a pretty common sign of disrespect. Like, you, even though the dead know nothing, yeah, you don't trample on a grave. You don't sit there and, and tear up someone's flag and they're, you know, and that's, and that's something that we're trying to do in remembrance for them. Mm-hmm. But they don't even know it. They don't even know about it. Here's Jesus, who's alive, mm-hmm. who we're honoring his death. And he does know about it. He doesn't know about <laughs> it. And Paul's like, hey, mm. uh, <laughs> why are you doing this? We're doing this in remembrance of him. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, let's keep, you know, what, what did Jesus stand for? He stood for equality. Yeah. He stood for, you know, everyone getting their fair share for the poor, for all of this stuff. Let's yeah. do this in remembrance of him. And let's think also, typically at the Lord's Supper, what else did he do? He washed each other's, the disciples' feet, right? Mm-hmm. So typically when we have church, you know, communion, I don't know if, what it was like back then, but back then too, maybe they, they had the foot washing. Again, it comes back to service. Like how, how is, how is this um, going to really help me to identify with my Savior? How is this really going to help me to connect with my Savior and remember his example? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, you, so you'd go into the Lord's Supper with a totally different mindset, you know, knowing like, okay, this is my opportunity to remember mm. um, him in all his beauty mm-hmm. and allow that to affect me personally and then reflect that as I partake of this supper mm-hmm. and of this foot washing or whatever their customs or things were on that during that occasion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really like what everybody's saying. In verse 2 of chapter 11, Now I praise you, brethren, 
that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions that I have delivered to you. And then it, it goes into these ideas. There was these traditions that had purpose, mm-hmm. but I think the purpose, some of that purpose was lost along the way. And there was these divisions. And in verse 17, um, well, in 18, it talks about, well, here's another tradition that I'm asking you to keep mm-hmm. in the Lord's Supper. But I'm hearing that there's divisions among you. Mm-hmm. Um, and previously, I think in chapter 9, um, verse 19, it says, For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all. Uh, again, bringing this theme of, of servanthood. Um, chapter 10, verse 24, let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. And so you have this theme yeah. coming into these traditions mm-hmm. of what the mindset should be. Um, I think it's really fascinating in verse um, 19 and 20. It says, For there must be also be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized. And so there's this idea of recognition that is at the forefront. Um, verse 20 says, Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. So whatever you guys are doing here, it's not eating the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. The tradition is the Lord's Supper, mm-hmm. but you're not partaking in the Lord's Supper mm-hmm. because there has to be a mindset of service. Mm-hmm. Of, others first for it to actually be the Lord's Mm. Um, here's something that's supposed to unify us Mm. and we're coming in as isolated as we can be it's just Mm. me Mm. yeah I'm thinking of verse 17 and he sounds so harsh in giving this instruction I do not praise the fact that your meetings are doing more harm than good (laughs) and he's saying um He's basically saying, like, you know, don't don't give fodder for the the world to poke fun at the church. Like, settle the matter yourselves and 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 work things out yourselves. You were given insight. You have the Holy Spirit. He can help, um, you know, help you determine and decipher things among you. But I see I see this happening when. When the world looks on and sees us disagreeing or sees us, they're just like, it's just confirmation to them that mm-hmm. they don't want anything to do with us. They're like everybody else. Mm. Yeah, I'm thinking also of those people who come to the church, you know, like desperate for community and for love and acceptance. And they come to a church that is far from that. Mm-hmm. What kind of impact do you have in those lives that are coming, looking for a safe community and don't find it. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy too because we believe that we are supposed to change other people, but we're not. That's Jesus's job. So why, you know, keep people from coming to Jesus <laughs> in order to be, you know, changed? Why? Why try to change people before they come to Jesus? Why not allow people to come to Jesus and allow Him to change them? Mm-hmm. Like it, it reminds me of. You know, just going off of what you just said, the verse in Revelation, Revelation chapter one um, says in verse uh, five and six or four and five, um, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ. And I love this. Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth to him who loved us and washed us. From our sins in his own love. In his own blood. Um, the key for me here is to him, Jesus, who loved us and washed us. Mm-hmm. 
the loved part came first and the washed part came second. Mm. He attracted the people to himself. And then as they drew nigh unto him, he could clean them. Mm -hmm. He wasn't asking them to clean themselves Mm -hmm. or to have other people clean them for him. He's like, no, 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 just bring them in and I'll do the rest. You were talking about this yesterday. Um, And so Jesus loved us first and then he did these things for us. Um, you know, if you do any of these things without love, you're but a sounding, you're, you're but a banging symbol or yeah, you're annoying, you're annoying. And so like you can keep the Lord's supper, but if you do it without love, you're annoying, you're annoying. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, and so, so that's why it's, you know, it's doing no good. Yeah. It's actually worse than annoying. It's like not for the better, but for yeah. the worse versus Yeah. What he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. We have time to move into the next section. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord is an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For if anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. And when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, he should eat at home, so that your meetings may not result in judgment. Mm. The other matters I shall set in order when I come. So if we can take a practical lesson for our day to day out of what we discussed, what would it be? Go ahead. For myself, in in verse 26 um, of chapter 11, it says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. This proclamation of the Lord's death is proclaiming Christ's love. Mm. And so in the situations, in the things that we do, we're either professing the love of of Jesus or we're professing our love for ourselves. Mm. It's either it's either Christ's love or our love. And who do we want? What do we want to put on display? Mm. That's beautiful. There's this really cool. Um, so the Old Testament talks about how um, God's love is um, compared to fire, and he also it also says that where there is wood. Um, where there is no wood, the fire goes out. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. So, Old Testament. Um, Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark's made of wood. It's lifted up above the earth, and all men are drawn unto the Ark that are alive, right? Mm-hmm. Where there is wood, you have a full display of God's love. You have Moses in the wilderness and he meets a burning bush. And God is, God is coming to Moses and saying, it's time to fulfill my promise. Where there is wood, God's love is on full display. You go to <clears throat> Elijah on Mount Carmel and he is building an altar uh, against the, the prophets of Baal, right? On the altar... He tells them to put wood and then he tells them to douse it in water 
and they're probably thinking, why are we pouring wood? Or why are we pouring water all over wood? That's going to work with cross purposes to what we're doing. We're trying to bring fire from God out of heaven right now. And he's like, yes, but God's love is greater than your sin. Is basically what he's saying. And so the water, the fire of God comes down, licks it up, and consumes all the wood. You have Christ on Calvary, on the tree. And in that moment, you have Christ lifted up above the earth, drawing all men into himself. And it's at that point where, you, where God's love, again, is on full display. Mm-hmm. And I love this idea of where there is no wood, the fire runs out. But where there is wood, where there is the, the gospel, where Christ and him crucified is lifted up, the, the love of God is on full display. Mm-hmm. So what are we to preach but Christ and him crucified? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you're talking about here. That's what he's talking about here. We're talking about the Lord's death. Why do we celebrate all this? Because of the Lord's death. And why do we celebrate that? Because of the love of God, the all-consuming love of God. It's just like... I love it. I think it speaks for me to you know, living intentionally. It's something I've been trying to work on. Um, and, you know, earlier mm-hmm. Paul talks about motives and talks about how fickle they are. And, you know, I probably can't even judge my own motives. So Joe, just allowing yourself to be in tune with the Holy Spirit so that when we eat the bread and we drink the cup, we're trying to, we're trying to have the discernment um, so that we don't pass judgment on ourselves. So he says, for anyone who eats and drinks without discernment, without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. So we're allowing ourselves to accept the body and blood of Christ so that the judgment is on him and not on ourselves. Yeah. Because if, if we do this ceremonially without, without this mind, um, heart, heart connection or this yeah. process being able to change yeah. you, then you're literally bringing judgment on yourself because mm-hmm. there's, there's no one there to take your sin from you. Yeah. But if you do this conscientiously and say, yeah, this is, this is for this purpose, that judgment leaves and it goes away. Mm-hmm. So just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Any, Any other comments before we close? I love this idea of living intentionally and I think this is so practical that everything we are doing we can either show God's love and Christ loves or not show Christ loves. So I think this is this is my lesson for my day and may you today to go about your life intentionally thinking how can I display God's love in every action that I have. Thanks for listening and thanks for being here. We'll see you again next week. Could you uh, pray us Close us in prayer, Julie. Sure. Let's bow our heads. Dear Holy Father God, um, infuse us with um, a desire to not go about our day rotely, but um, passion and um, intentionality to display who you are to all the different people that we come in contact with. There's so many and so many different personalities, but God, you know it all, and you, you know how to um, connect with us in such a way. And 
just ask for that blessing today. Thank you so very much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, guys.